Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz and I will be your host. I'm excited for today's episode because it's just an honest chat with me around mental health and it's something that I am particularly passionate about so I'm excited for this episode. So just sit back and relax and we'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This one, this episode is one that I really just wanted to do because it is definitely something that I've been sort of struggling with and going through at the moment. Something that is kind of continuous that definitely isn't like a one-time thing that happens to me, but I also think is very relatable to lots of people. And I think you guys like some of these episodes where I just sit down and I'm just totally honest. My one around my three years of growth, that one was just one that I just wanted to sit down and record and just like word vomit. So I kind of want to do the same thing here, but obviously I'll try and include like tips and articles or like, you know, things that helped me with dealing with stress. So before we get into that, we'll start with some highs and lows for the episode. All right, so the week that I'm recording this is technically a week before I'm going to release it. So I'm going to do my high for this week, but I'm really excited because Jack and I are going to go down to the South Coast to be with his parents, but also just kind of get away from the hotness of London. This weekend, it's going to be, I think, something like 36 degrees Celsius, which is translates to about 93 degrees Fahrenheit. This is a very rough estimation, but essentially very hot. And here we don't have air conditioning. Most places don't unless you go to like stores, like most flats aren't necessarily built with air conditioning. And so rather than stay here and absolutely kill our electricity bill this month, Jack and I are going to go down to the coast. And I think it's just going to be really fun because both of us have a pretty high intensity week in terms of marathon training. So this week I've got a couple of seven and four mile runs. And then Jack's got like a mix of a couple of threes and then a six mile run and then for his weekend run he's doing 12 miles and I've got 15 so definitely going to go down to the coast where it's going to be a bit cooler I think it's like exactly cooler by seven degrees but hey we'll take it and I think just running by the water is always so much nicer and just so much better for me personally rather than running in the city and so I'm really excited to yeah just be able to run by the coast and then be able to jump straight into the sea after our runs and I think it'll just be good because it I think it'll just help me kind of get away from everything that I'm kind of feeling at the moment and I'll touch on that more in this episode. My low for the week is that I think again related to this episode but I think I've just had I think this only really unfortunately like happens to me every like I don't even know how often but it doesn't It's not something that I'm constantly aware of, which I wish I was more aware of, but I have recently had a realization that I have been taking on so much and that my stress levels are just through the roof and I honestly just have been having a hard time trying to cope, if I'm honest, and I am genuinely just really thankful to have a therapist and thankful to have Jack and just like, you know, things in place and knowing things that I can do to help de-stress me, like breathing exercises and journaling. But 
yeah, that's kind of been something that I've been dealing with lately and it'll be something that I touch on in this episode. And I think when you're dealing with stress in life, it doesn't help when you're like also training for something. So like, I think the rest of this week, I'm gonna take off of the gym just to kind of take some off my load because otherwise I'm someone who's very like has very high standards for herself and sometimes it's just like you know way too much on my plate and so I think that I'm gonna try and be a bit kinder to myself this week and just sort of acknowledge the fact that I am going through a lot at the moment and I think that even that's just been it's been something that's been hard for me to learn over the course of my adult years and so that'll also be something that I touch on in this episode but without further ado let's just jump straight into the episode. All right, so before we get into the bulk of this episode, I'm gonna start just with a simple definition of what stress is. So stress affects us in a number of ways, both physically and emotionally and in varying intensities. Research has shown that stress can sometimes be positive. It makes us more alert and helps us perform better in certain situations. However, stress has only been found to be beneficial if it is short-lived. Excessive or prolonged stress can lead to illness such as heart disease and mental health problems such as anxiety and depression. During situations, that make you feel threatened or upset, your body creates a stress response. This can cause a variety of physical symptoms, changing the way you behave and leading you to experience more intense emotions. So some of these physical emotions can be different for everyone because people react differently to stress. Some common symptoms of stress include sleeping problems, sweating, or a change in appetite. And then symptoms like these are triggered by a rush of stress hormones in your body, which when released, allow you to deal with pressure or threats. This is known as the fight or flight response. Hormones called adrenaline and noradrenaline, raise your blood pressure, increase your heart rate, and increase the rate at which you perspire. This prepares your body for an emergency response. These hormones can also reduce blood flow to your skin and reduce your stomach activity. Cortisol, another stress hormone, releases fat and sugar into your system to boost your energy. As a result, you may experience headaches, muscle tension, pain, nausea, indigestion, and dizziness. You may also breathe more quickly, have palpitations, or suffer from various aches and pains. In the long term, you may be putting yourself at risk from heart attacks and strokes. All of these changes are your body's way of making it easier for you to fight or run away. Once the pressure or threat has passed, your stress hormone levels usually return to normal. However, if you're constantly under stress, these hormones remain in your body, leading to the symptoms of stress. If you're stuck in a busy office or an overcrowded train, you can't really fight or run away, so you can't use up the chemicals your own body makes up to protect you. Over time, the buildup of these chemicals and the changes they produce can be damaging to your health. When you are stressed, you may experience many different feelings, including anxiety, irritability, or low self-esteem, which can lead you to become withdrawn, indecisive, or tearful. You may experience periods of constant worry, racing thoughts, or repeatedly go over the same things in your head. Some people experience changes in their behavior. They may lose their temper more easily, act irrationally, or become more verbally or physically aggressive. These feelings can feed on each other and produce physical symptoms, which can make you feel even worse. For example, extreme anxiety can make you feel so unwell that you then worry you have a serious physical condition. So how how can you identify the signs of stress? So like we said, everyone experiences stress. However, when it is affecting your life, health and well-being is important to tackle it as soon as possible. While stress affects everyone differently, there are common signs and symptoms that you can look out for, including feelings of constant worry or anxiety, feelings of being overwhelmed, difficulty concentrating, mood swings or changes in mood, irritability or having a short temper, difficulty relaxing, depression, low self-esteem, eating more or less than usual, changes in sleeping habits, using alcohol, tobacco, or illegal drugs to relax, 
aches and pains, particularly muscle tension, diarrhea and constipation, feelings of nausea or dizziness, and a loss of sex drive. If you experience these symptoms for a prolonged period of time and feel they are affecting your everyday life or making you feel unwell, you should speak to your doctor. You should ask for information about support services and treatments available to you. So for me, I really want to focus a lot on the area of work-life balance and how that relates to stress. And I think that this is a topic that I have, I feel like just learned so much about, not just from personal experience, but also just from reading up on it and speaking to my therapist about it. But I think especially when you're in your 20s and just starting out in your career, finding that work-life balance can be so hard. And that honestly is such a pinpoint of where all of my stress comes from. So I'm going to continue on from this article. The pressure of an increasingly demanding work culture in the UK is one of the biggest contributors to stress among the general population. While traditional working hours are 37 hours a week, the recent and dramatic rise in Britain's working hours suggests this is likely to increase. 20.1% of the UK working population work 45 hours or more per week. The human cost of unmanaged work-related stress is extensive. Feeling unhappy about the amount of time you spend at work and neglecting other aspects of life because of work may increase your vulnerability to stress. Increased levels of stress can, if not addressed early enough, lead to burnout or more severe mental health problems. Mental health problems such as anxiety and depression are thought to be the leading cause of work absences, accounting for up to 40% of sickness leave. In 2008, mental health accounted for 442,000 cases of work-related illnesses and had an estimated cost of $13.5 million. As a result, mental ill health now accounts for a significant proportion of long-term sickness and early retirement, cited as leading cause of illness for 20% of NHS employees. So I guess I wanted to speak about some of these things that were mentioned in the article, and I'll have this article linked in the show notes of this episode. If you wanted to read more, they have different sections about relationships and alcohol and sort of how those different aspects can contribute or make stress worse for you. So I think for me, I've noticed a pattern. This pattern only really has occurred twice so far for me, but enough for me to recognize it. And this happened first last year, similar time of year, about spring of 2021. I was going through an incredibly stressful work transition from a very toxic workplace to my current workplace, which I'm very happy at. And it was some of the, I'd say, darkest days and months of my life, I feel like. I know that I've spoken about a lot of really deep things that I've also gone through in my younger years, such as an eating disorder and sexual assault, but there is nothing like feeling so alone and so anxious when you are on your own in a different country and kind of having to, you know, fight for yourself. And I think as an individual that has sort of come to the UK on my own and, you know, gone through the education system, which is not something that's like a new thing. Lots of people come here for school and will do school abroad. But I think work in particular has been something that has been a very new thing for me and a very stressful thing. And I do get questions sometimes from people around how I'm here, how I get the visas that I'm on and that sort of thing. And 
I honestly have to say that every time that I am sort of transitioning in work or doing something different, I feel the most stressed because, you know, in the US, I wouldn't have to deal with something like this, for example. And I know that I choose to be here and I want to be here. And I think it's such a blessing and such. I just feel so lucky to be here because there's something about London. I've spoken about it before. I love this city and I just love everything about, you know, living here and just being here. And I think that it just, it all comes at a cost, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And a lot of that cost for me has been on my mental health and just taking a toll on me as a person and also just really testing me. Last year, the stress was a lot worse, I'd say, than it was this year. And it just led to getting put on, you know, sick leave and being able to leave my work because I was so stressed that a doctor determined that I shouldn't be working because my work was causing me that much stress. I got prescribed anti-anxiety medication. They were beta blockers and I know and understand that, you know, lots of people are on things like anti-anxiety medication, antidepressants, and I think that until you've gone through something really tough and really traumatic and you feel, you know, those really dark deep feelings, is the only time that you'll understand why people are, you know, on these sorts of medications. And it's not, I think that there's such a negative stigma around medication. And I'm not on these beta blockers today, though I did try them last year. And I think for me, throughout my mental health journey, I, you know, have been seeing a therapist sort of on and off since I was 16. It started with the eating disorder. And for the longest time when I was 16, I was obviously in a very deep and dark place trying to, you know, battle with anorexia. And I really, really struggled because I went to a lot of dark places and you know, there are lots of times that my therapist really wanted to put me on antidepressants. And I told myself at that time of my, uh, at that time of my life that I didn't want to depend on a pill to make me happy. And I think that at that time I had a very naive and sort of narrow viewpoint on medication. And I didn't really know exactly how it could help me. And I think I just saw it as a sort of negative way. And I was really wanting to get better on my own and just do this for me and do it, you know, on my own and be able to say that, you know, I overcame anorexia because of my own strength. And so I didn't go on antidepressants when I was 16, but last year I did try beta blockers, which is a type of anti-anxiety medication. And while they definitely did work for me and helped me, like calm me down in situations where I was really anxious and having panic attacks, I will say that the ones that I had tried made me quite dizzy the next day when I was trying to go for a run. And so I think for me, I just, I'm sort of tough in the way that like, if something doesn't work the first time, I struggle to sort of go back and like ask a second time. Like if, you know, if the waiter brings out like, you know, your order and they, you know, get something wrong, I'm not really the type to be like, oh, actually. And so I think I just, I said to my doctor, you know, they're not for me. I'm just not going to use them, but like, you know, thanks for trying. And so, yeah, I guess I just wanted to talk about how I deal with stress personally. And, you know, I don't want to make this episode to say anything or any, you know, viewpoints or negative viewpoints on medication. I think that, you know, I think that that's great for people that do use them and are on them because it honestly, I think that mental health and the toll of mental health can so harshly, you know, 
mental health conditions can really sort of hinder your everyday routines. And even when I'm saying like routines, it doesn't have to be school or work. That can look like, you know, just getting up in the morning and being able to pull yourself out of bed and being able to go to the store. And sometimes we forget that mundane things like those and small things like those are actually a big step. And especially on your bad days, that it's, you know, it's a big thing for you to be able to get up, to you know, get yourself dressed and go to the store and buy groceries. And if that's your day, that's your day. And I have been having a lot of those days lately. And I think it's just hard as, especially as someone who is A, a people pleaser and B, has overarching standards for herself. And I feel, and I have spoken about how I'm, a person that's so go, go, go all the time. And I thrive off being productive. And if I'm not productive, then I really struggle. So I've spoken about being unemployed and really struggling with having, you know, with not having a set routine and struggling with finding purpose in that time. But at the moment, I think that I'm more so struggling because I've come into this realization that I've not only taken on a lot of different things that I really didn't need to, but also that I'm going through a lot. And something that I spoke to my therapist about recently was, you know, being able to have like an inner voice or an inner mother to be able to say to you and like speak to yourself and acknowledge how much you're carrying, how much you're going through. And that's something that was really hard for me to hear. Honestly, I teared up in the session, but I think that now that I've started talking kinder to myself and now that I've started speaking nicer to myself and acknowledging that like, yes, Liz, you're going through, you know, X, Y, Z and like, you're okay to have, you know, a really bad day. Like bad days happen. And if you need to just take it slow today, take it slow today and just do the bare minimum. And as someone who is like normally very high functioning, like, you know, up at five, go to, go on a run, go to the gym, you know, all before my nine o'clock meeting. I also have days where I really struggle to get out the door. And while I do love that morning time to myself and being able to go on that run, for example, my run this morning sucked. It was terrible. And I am not even like trying to hide it anymore. And I want to, if anything, like just make my platform very relatable. I want people to be able to relate and say, yeah, I also had a bad run the other week and just knowing that not every run is going to be your best, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't count towards your training or, you know, whatever you are training for. And, you know, a run doesn't even have to be for your training. It can just be for yourself. And so some of the things that I like to do personally when I am feeling really anxious or just having a really stressful day is a rest. So I'm someone who definitely does not get enough sleep. I don't think I'm like as bad as I was in college, but I definitely try and prioritize sleep more. And like, if need be, I'll squeeze in a lunchtime nap. But I think that sleep contributes so much to your mental health and just your ability to perform everyday routines as a human being. And, you know, I didn't get very much sleep last night and, you know, had a pretty crappy run today, but I took the most blissful 15 minute nap during my lunch and I cannot tell you how much like I just like absolutely hit the pillow and knocked out and as soon as my time my timer went off I had one of those moments where like I woke up and I didn't know where I was and I was so confused but it was like deep deep REM sleep and so 
it, I honestly felt so much better after and really just, yeah, I think that there's so much to be said about sleep and I know that there's whole science about it that I won't even try and get into in this episode, but that is definitely my first tip. My second tip is breathing exercises. So particularly with panic attacks, whenever I'm, for example, having a a panic attack, I will either A, try and focus on my breathing. So I'll try and take deeper breaths in and then deeper breaths out and just try and slow down my breathing because typically when I'm having a panic attack, I'm hyperventilating, I am freaking out. And I think that like in those moments, your mind jumps from one thing to the next. And so it's really hard to slow yourself down. So in those moments, I try and slow myself down and, you know, slow down the breathing. And then I'll try and look at things, you know, around me and kind of just start naming objects in the room or the area or the space that I'm in and just, you know, point out, you know, there is my desk and there is the closet and just things that are very simple, but kind of take away and distract you from your panic attack. And those are kind of things that sort of help me in the moment. Third is definitely journaling and is something that I definitely struggle to do. And I wish that I was someone that was really good at doing it every day, but I do try and do it every now and then. And I definitely think that there is a massive difference between pen to paper journaling versus like journaling in your notes app, which I don't think there's an issue with one or the other. But I think for me, I just find it to be so much more therapeutic when I'm putting pen to paper to journal. But at the same time, I will be, you know, if on a long tube ride home, I will, you know, just pull out my notes app and just start typing out what I'm feeling and what is going on in my brain. And so I think that journaling really helps as well because it's like, you know, for me, I like to kind of look at it as a way to storytell and just talk about my life. And I have always sort of been someone that sort of almost like talks to myself as if someone is reading my journal. So if I haven't journaled in a week or two, I'll, you know, say, okay, so it's been two weeks and this is what's happened. And I'll almost like catch, you know, this hypothetical third person me up. And so I think that everyone has different journaling styles. Some people like to do affirmations, but I'm definitely that's more just someone who likes to kind of storytell and sort of just, you know, get pen to paper. My next tip is to go on a walk, listen to a good podcast. And, you know, whether you do that while you're out in nature or you're at the park or you're running errands, I think it's so therapeutic, especially if you're someone who owns AirPod Pros and you just hit that noise reduction and just cancel out the world. That is the most therapeutic thing to me when I'm grocery shopping that I love so much. And someone that I love to listen to is Michelle Reed. And I think her podcast is called But What's Next? I love her podcast because they feel like it's just, you know, a like a conversation between friends. And so it's very, it's definitely like one that I like to listen to while I'm walking or running errands or cooking. And so that was one that I listened to today. And specifically it was one around protecting your peace. So I'd highly recommend that episode and just that podcast in general. The next tip is to get your body moving only if you want to. So for example, if I actually really thought out this morning's run, I don't think I would have gone on it, um, to be honest. But I think even then, I 
did did acknowledge that my body was pretty tired i was pretty dehydrated and so i did take the run easier than i would have normally and you know doing things like if you're running for example dropping the pace if you need to and just acknowledging like your body's cues of what it needs and not pushing your body too much so like if going to the gym is actually going to help you just make sure that you're doing things and working out to honor your body and not to push it or stress it out even more so yeah as a running podcast i will always recommend to get your body moving because those endorphins definitely help with stress next tip is to cook and if you don't already cook then or if you don't feel like cooking maybe you order something off of Uber Eats or you know you look at a recipe online and maybe you want to learn um or teach yourself but I think for me I used to be someone that was super into baking growing up and I used to bake so much and I would just make all these different muffins and cookies and things for my family. And sometimes for me now, if I need to distress, like sometimes making cookies is like my go-to. And so I think for me, you know, that doesn't have to be just baking necessarily. I think also like prepping food to cook for dinner is also very therapeutic to me and is nice because it's like me time and I'll put on like a YouTube video and just kind of like tune out and focus on what I'm doing and Yeah, my last tip is to talk to someone. So whether that's someone that you live with, whether that be a partner or a friend or, you know, family members, I think it's always good to talk to someone if you can. I think I definitely understand if you are someone that kind of needs to like compartmentalize before you talk to people and sort of get your feelings out and like speak your mind. I'm definitely someone that does that and I think sometimes tends to do that too much because I think in order for the people around you to understand you, you know, and those people that do want to help you, you have to try and just talk to them more and communicate what's going on inside your head because they can't always necessarily read your mind. And so this one's more so just a tip for myself and one that I'm not necessarily at yet but yeah it's definitely something that i'm working on so i hope that this episode helped and for whatever reason that you came to listen to this episode i hope that it taught you something or brought you peace and yeah i just wanted to make this episode to be more of a chatty episode and more of like a word vomit of sort of what's been going on with my mind and how i sort of deal with these parts of my life when they are a bit stressful because you know Stress happens to everyone and we all go through it. So I just wanted to be open and share some tips. But yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As I mentioned, the resources for this episode will be linked in the show notes as well as a link to my fundraiser with Alzheimer's Society. I am fundraising with them for the Berlin Marathon 2022, so I would love if you check it out. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode. Bye!